Hi, I'm John Porteous of the Lovells Township Historical Society, and you're listening to the Backcast Podcast. This week, we're joined by Ron Ricosi. Ron has been guiding the Asaba River for many years, uh, now owns a fly shop with his wife, and uh, has agreed to share a couple of stories with us. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, so how long have you been guiding, Ron? Oh my gosh, I th- I've been guiding for in excess of 30 years. It was sometime in the mid-80s that I started, um, 86, 87. Started getting heavier into it in the late 80s, and of course now I'm still still with it. So you've seen the river through some pretty magical days? I've seen some uh, quite a few changes over the years. And uh, my magical days were um, prior to the drift boat arriving in uh, northern Michigan. And uh, I said I'd never own one, but I bought one two years ago, broke down and bought one, so I've, I've got one now. But uh, my guiding started with Osaba River boats. And uh, so before the advent of the drift boat arriving, the, uh, the magic times were being on the river and having z- almost zero competition right. for the fishing. Did you... Um did you guide out of the on your own or out of a shop? I started I started guiding um, on my own and and then hooked up with what was then the uh, fly factory in Grayling is now the oldest Abel, sure. and also worked a little bit for for Rusty at uh, Gates um, back in the early two thousands. But uh, so busy with school stuff, teaching and so forth, I was never available until mid June, and at that point. You're three quarters of the way through Getting the best dry fly fishing, <laughs> yeah, and and so so it, so things just kind of fizzled, and, and it is what it is. I never needed to work uh, a lot, and I you know, I averaged forty to sixty trips a summer, and that was fine with me. I, I mean, at, with teaching full time, that that forty to sixty days consumed a lot of my spare time. Well, sure. So um, that hey, was that was that was perfect. Well, and for those folks listening that may not know, you have had a long and storied career. Uh, in the Grayling school system and are responsible for a lot of smart young kids running around with some pretty cool skills. The, um, so I, I, I think uh, not starting to June can be easily forgiven for that. Right, 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 <laughs> absolutely. The, um, well, when you started out, um, you know, was there, did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody to show you the ropes? And well... And do you, do, you, do you mentor anyone today? We can, yes. We can, we can back up uh, to 1976, actually. Um, that's when I moved to Grayling. And um, I was in halfway through my eighth grade year, so I did all four years, freshman through senior, at Grayling High School. And um, there were three teachers here at the time, Bob Woodland, uh, Lisey Stefan, and Mike Whelan, that all guided during the during the summertime. All three of them made their own boats and so forth. And uh, so I always thought that that would be the coolest thing in the planet to do was, you know, become a teacher and, and uh, you know, and, and guide in the summer. Well, I really didn't know what I wanted to teach. I knew, I knew in fourth grade I wanted to be a teacher. Um, but when I took a drafting class my freshman year of high school and absolutely fell in love with it, I did four years solid drafting. And I knew right then and there what I was going to do. And it's funny because I'm back teaching now in the, in the town I graduated from. So I can't, can't ask for anything better. That's awesome. Mm. The, um, 
who were some of the other guys guiding when you when you started? Um, they were they were all still guiding uh, the Mike um, the Mike Whelan and the Rob Woodland and, and Lacey Stefan and so forth, but very limited at that point. Um, they weren't doing as much as they did in their earlier days. But um, there was Sam Surrey was guiding, um, and we got Jerry Regan and uh, Jimmy Calvin was you know he works out of Gates. He was he was guiding then and. Um, Trying to think of a few others. There was there was a few, but not as many as there is now. There's sure. there's definitely a lot more now, and and uh, so it's changed. The, the face of the game has changed a lot, especially in the last 20 years. The, the good news is, I suppose, is that angling hasn't. Um, you know, we're still we're still using rods and, and flies, and uh, we get a little technology bump. But uh, yeah, what I've seen change, uh, which. It's pretty interesting since the 70s. I mean, we had floating fly lines back then, but they weren't as good as they are now. And uh, it's, it, was, it was a lot different. Um, I mean, I've even had gentlemen over the years that are no longer with us um, that fished with cane rods and, and so forth. But even the cane rods had floating lines on them. They didn't have silk on them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, what I've seen is the, the advancement in the last 15 or 20 years of the rod technology has gotten so much better. I remember fishing with my first gra- graphite rod in 1986, and that was a big deal to have a graphite rod in 1986. Oh, yeah. and, uh, but now, um, now the graphite rods are so nice, the, 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 they just, the performance is amazing, the, the fly lines are amazing, and, and I always say that the... Um, shall we say, beginning fishermen that might not be that good at casting yet can be a pretty decent caster. So, yeah, it's a lot forgiving. Do you, do you fish cane when you go out on your own? I have on occasion, but uh, not as much as, as I'd like to. Um, you know, small fish, it's okay. You know, I just don't like fishing, you know, during like, like, like for say, during the hex, hex hatch with a cane rod. Oh, yeah. You know, I just like to have a little bit more backbone, you know, for setting the hook because cane is just such a soft rod. But um, we live on the upper Osabo, and I've taken the rods out a few times, you know, and played around small brook trout. But that's, that's about the extent of it. Fun. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The, um, well, it, it, on the topic of rods, if I recall, I think one of my, my first visit, uh, one of my first visits to your shop was shortly after my wife and I, uh, closed on our home here and uh, our realtor uh, brought us over and introduced you and I, I couldn't help but notice the uh, the mason rod in your display case in your shop um, that has to be a pretty special piece <laughs> it, it is and yeah like I said part of living here since 1976 where I just celebrated my 43rd uh, 43rd year um, living in grailing uh, this past December and my dad a little historical perspective here. My dad signed us up for a a fly tying class in um, the winter of '77, and uh, <clears throat> the instructor at the time, which I got to remain, he, his name has got to. I can't give his name out because the rod came from his son, and his son uh-huh. has two more of okay. George Mason's yeah. rods. Just, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. any anyways. Uh, when we opened the shop, his, his, this gentleman's son got a hold of me and, and uh, said, you know, Ron, I've got, you know, three of George's rods. Would you like one for the shop? And I said, well, absolutely. I'd love to have that. So 
I, you know, as a surprise, I didn't know that he was going to give me the, the reel that went with it as well, which is still loaded with the, you know, silk line. So uh, the rods went from George Mason, the story from him, is they went from George Mason to his son Jack and from Jack to Fred Bear, which a lot of people that are in the bow hunting world know who Fred Bear is. And then from Fred Bear to uh, this gentleman, and when he passed away, they went to his son, and then to me, the ride went to me. I, so it's made quite a, it's passed through quite a few hands. So Cool enough, though. It stayed in yeah. a pretty tight radius from uh, from where he first fished it. He, he, yes, exactly, and uh, that's that's that in itself is, is pretty cool. I have not, I've had a couple of uh, gentlemen tell me that, Ron, this ride is in beautiful condition. Have you fished it yet? And I said, no, and, and they said, you ought to take it out and take it out on the South Branch because that was George's favorite stretch of river. And, sure. and, uh, and obviously, um, so I haven't done that yet, but <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. There you go. A little brookies on the south. And <laughs> there you go. Keep it, keep it nice and gentle. Yeah, there you go. The, um, we, it, you know, kind of, you alluded to a, a, a tying class, and I think, um, also have noted in, in terms of paying it forward to the community is the uh, fly fishing club that you established um, uh, when you were full time and uh, uh, we recently had a chance to see uh, a really cool video of that which uh, we'll have at the, uh, the museum this summer to, uh, for other guests to uh, enjoy. That's, it, it's an awesome uh, Float of a young Ron on the uh, South Branch. But, uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about your uh, your fly uh, club and uh, maybe some alum that we might know. Oh my goodness! Uh, the fall of '92 and spring of '92, so that'd be that school year. Oh, I'm sorry, spring of '93, so it'd be that that school year. Um, I had three kids that were nonstop approaching me. I didn't have my students. They would come to me between classes and say what do you think about this fly and what should I do different here and blah, 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 blah. and then they just kept asking questions all the time and and uh, they were heavy heavy into wanting to get into fly fishing and doing things on their own and and so forth and so uh, I saw a need so fall of 93 I started uh, the Grayling High School Fly Fishing Club and uh, it went all the way to 2014 when I when I retired so Quite a number of years, I handed the reins over to another teacher at Grayling High School that got pretty busy and it kind of it kind of fizzled, you know. But but uh, geez, I've had, I've had a lot of students over the you know over the years that have become guides. Josh Nethers, um, Jordan Clemish, um, both working out of Gates now, and uh, Alfred Borchers working out of Olasawa. Uh, pretty pretty neat stuff, awesome. you know, and. Uh, they, you know, you know, and I'm sure they would have been destined to uh, to do it on their own and become a guide on their own, even without my prodding or help or anything like that. But I did have one of the one of the parents on a number of occasions come up to me and say, you know, thank you very much for taking my son under under your wing because he really learned a lot from you and he just loves what he's doing now. That's so awesome. there's yeah. hardly a better reward for that than a right, right, so right, exactly. Well played. Yes. Well played. Well, in the guiding sense, um, I can only imagine with that many floats over that many years, uh, you've heard a story or two or seen a story or two. Uh, got any favorites to share? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I got a couple. 
Yeah, there's, uh, I, I've been fishing with a lot of people because I've been guiding for so long, for many years, and you know, one guy in particular that lives in California now, with, in, uh, and his buddy who lives in, in Tennessee always converge on, on grailing for a, for a week's worth of fishing every June, and so I've been fishing with those guys for over 20 years now, but it was probably about 10, 12 years ago I had them fishing on the main branch, and we were out fishing the normal three, four hours before before dark during heck season. Um, you know, just drifting, uh, you know, mahogany drake along, and and he, you know, this gentleman uh, tossed his fly up along this log. And it was about a foot of water, and and we all saw this, you know, seven, eight inch fish take his fly, and he hooks it, and and uh, so, you know, he's bringing bringing it to the boat. But he's taking a long time to bring it to the boat. And I could not figure out what he was doing. So his name is Bob. So I said, Bob, I said, what are you doing? You know, we're just poking jabs at each other all the time. Because you get, you get that way when you fish with people for a long time. You have a lot of fun. It's just a, it's just a part of fly fishing. So uh, I, he goes, I can't. I can't. It's big. And I said, come on, Bob. We all saw that fish. It wasn't very big. But he was sitting in the middle of the, of the Asabo boat. And his line was all of a sudden going over my head. So I looked behind me, and we're in about, you know, two, two and a half feet of clear water. And I could see about a 20-inch brown on the end of his line. And we couldn't figure out for the life of us what had happened. It was literally a bait and like a bait and switch, we thought. You know, here's his little fish, took his fly, and all of a sudden his big one's on. Lo and behold, we get up next to the boat, and the big fish eat, had eaten the little fish. <laughs> <laughs> what had happened so we almost got it in the net it was shaking its head like crazy and it and it uh and it, you know it got away and it ended up being about a seven inch rainbow that <laughs> had eyes as big as saucers this thing was in shock and it, and it, it was it was i'll never forget that uh quite a quite a scene another time i was uh guiding uh and this was uh july or august of 89 i was guiding then retired <clears throat> local fisheries biologist John Norcross on the South Branch on through the uh, Mason Track, and we were we got a chase and we were going to get out at Smith and we were just up from Smith Bridge late in the afternoon, probably four or five o'clock, and uh, there was a number of homes there at the end on the uh, west side of the river, so it'll be on your left hand side going down, and uh, there was a gentleman out fishing in front of his house and he had a big hat on with a fleece band and this loaded with flies because that was just what everybody did in the late 80s everybody had a fleece band on their on their hat and and uh so we pulled up and john was sitting in front of the boat and i was guiding him down through there and and uh they were him and this gentleman who i don't even know who it was we were just talking away you know they became best buds in five minutes like fly fishermen generally do and uh John said, well, Ron, let's go. And I said, all right. So I lifted up the pole so the boat would get going again. And, and for whatever reason, John's etiquette wasn't in place at that moment. He didn't wait until he got down river to start casting. And for some reason, he must have saw a spot that he liked. And he wheeled that seat around. And his back was now to this gentleman that he had just met. And he went to make a cast. And I yelled, no, John, don't do that. In, in, in his fly line went back, hooked this guy's hat on top of his head and flung it right off of his head and into the water. <laughs> nice soaked, 
yeah, soaked all of his flies, and, and that guy became so angry at John, and, and uh, it was just one of those things where they were best buds one minute and, and arch enemies the next. I was, it was, it, I'll, never, I'll never forget that. I can see it to this day, the, the video, video replay in my mind. I'll, it was amazing. Yeah, Perfect. The, um, I like that. I like that. The, uh, you know, some of the other people we'll be talking about this season in terms of the uh, the display. Uh, Old Shop, uh, Rube Babbitt, uh, some of the newer guides have, as well. Um, a whole tent full of Stefans. Oh, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, many generations. Yeah, yeah they've, uh, they've been a long, I need to, I need to give Lacey a call. The, um, regardless, uh, anybody stick out as particularly colorful or stories that, uh, that have been passed about uh, in your tenure that uh, anything come to mind? I, you know, personally, not for me so much. Um, I know Sam, you know, Surrey, who you, I think you might be talking to at some point, is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a colorful character, you know, and I could say that because Sam and I have known each other since the early 80s, you know, and, 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 but uh, other than that, it's, uh, there's been some, I mean, in, in historical records, when you, when you read about some of the stories, like, for instance, uh, there's a story in uh, the, the book The Old Sowell written by Hazen Miller, um, of a of a gentleman that uh, was guiding, I don't know his name. I can't remember his name right offhand. That had you know client clients out and so forth, and and uh, the guides sometimes were unscrupulous. I guess back then, you know, if a, if a, if a gentleman hooked the guide, you know, and, and drew blood, you know, they'd charge a quarter, yeah. and that was a lot of money back in the twenties and thirties, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, and they did it again. It was fifty cents the next time, whatever. But there, I guess there was a guide one time that uh, had somebody that uh, wouldn't. Wouldn't listen to him, and he and he pulled the boat over and told the guy to get out and walk. <laughs> and back then there was uh, dirt dirt road, yeah, dirt roads, and there was no homes along the river. It was pretty much the wilderness, and it would have been yeah, it would have been a little scary for sure. So uh, I'm sure that it, when you talk to Jerry Regan and, and Sam Surrey and Lacey Stefan, that they'll have some pretty good stories. So. Well, you, you've been a great sport. I really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, your school day to sit down with us. The, uh, we, had, in keeping with your story and such, we have a little uh, tag at the end of the podcast that uh, always reminds people to mind their backcasts. So that's right. <laughs> there you go. We'll leave it with that, Ron. Thanks a bunch. Very, you're very welcome, great John. Great stuff, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Fun stuff. Well, that puts the wraps on this week's episode. We'll be back next week with our uh, traditional longer format. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Tell two or three friends. And uh, be safe out there. Oh, and as always, mind your backcast. Come a little-